Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hey, 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 everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. This is the show where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Thanks for tuning in today. Here's the deal. If you're already retired or you are getting close, like you can see retirement like it's the, end, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. You're there. You've been sacrificing. You've been putting money away into those retirement accounts just for this time of your life. This is the show for you because I'm here to talk about money. I'm here to talk about your retirement plans like your IRAs, your 401ks. Specifically, I'm here to teach you about how to generate income from your investments, which is the most important thing that you got to plan for. But I'm going to teach you about all six of the core areas of financial planning. I'm going to talk about insurance, budgeting, how to pick investments, retirement planning, saving on taxes, and even how to create a legacy through estate planning. And I rotate those topics each and every month because over time you learn how to build an amazing plan for your retirement. But again, the most important thing you're going to learn is how to create an income stream that's safe, predictable, and can even increase every year no matter what the market does. It's designed to give you peace of mind. That's what I want for you in retirement. Here's the deal. What better kind of income is there than tax-free income? I even want to teach you how to achieve tax freedom in retirement so that you don't have to worry about Uncle Sam coming in, changing all the tax laws, all the rules, required distributions, how much you have to take out. Remember, guys, they write those laws with pencil so they can erase them and change them anytime they want. So I want to teach you about the taxation because future taxation is a key piece. And most people agree anyway that taxes really only have one way to go, and that is up. So I'm going to talk to you about taxes as well. You guys, I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, which is an independent registered investment advisory firm, and we specialize in retirement income strategies, specifically for people who are getting close to retirement or they're already retired. And I've been doing this for over 22 years. I love it. I've helped people just like you plan to have an amazing retirement. And I've been talking about it on the radio for over 12. Here's what I have found in that time. Most people worry about retirement. They worry about income, healthcare, inflation, the ups and downs of the market, taxation. Does any of that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? If so, it is normal. You are not alone. But I want to say this to you. You can actually learn how to control those fears. The best way to do it is through planning. 
All right, let's preview this show. The topic of the month has been estate planning. Last week, I went into probate and how to avoid it. But today on the show, I'm talking about the importance of establishing powers of attorney. And next, I'll head into my mailbag segment, along with some IRA frequently asked questions. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items that you can be doing right away. Hopefully, that sounds good to you. I also want to mention that my website, patrickmcnally.com, has a whole lot of great information on it. In fact, through the month of estate planning, I want to give you a free copy of my Survivor's Guide, which is an organizational tool designed to help you get started on this journey of building out your estate plan. So visit patrickmcnally.com, get you a free copy today. You can also grab a free copy of my book. All right, let's get this show going. I want you to go refill that coffee, grab a pen and your notepad, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome back to the show. If you are just now joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor. And today we're going to be talking about powers of attorney. But before I launch into that, I'm going to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to my dad down in San Diego. And um, love you, buddy. And uh, can't wait to see you soon. But uh, all the dads out there, you guys are awesome. I'll throw myself in that bag as well. I'm a dad of two uh, teenagers and um, and loving it. So happy Father's Day tomorrow. And I um, hope all of you have a great day and enjoy it because you deserve it. So, all right, let's launch into... Um, actually, hold on. Before I launch into that, I want to mention this. Actually, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Uh, this whole month, we're talking about estate planning. And I want to make it very clear that I am not an estate planning attorney. I'm a financial advisor. I manage the investments. I do income planning, all that good stuff. I'm just one of the team members of your team. And along with an estate planning attorney, CPA, insurance agent, realtor, all these team members, I like to quarterback those relationships. I often say that to my clients and make sure we're all communicating with each other. But I am just one of those teammates. Uh, 
you if you are considering putting together a will, a trust, powers of attorney, all this good stuff that I think you should be doing for estate planning, you want to talk to a professional. Um, if you need referrals, I would love to help you with that as well. Uh, I have a number of attorneys that we've used for our clients up here. We don't, we don't. There's no referral fees or kickbacks of any kind for that. Uh, just satisfied clients who have given us the names of the people that they have used. And we'd love to do that. There's also online uh, things that you can be doing, uh, choices, if you will, that I will put on the website, patrickmcnally.com. Should be already on there. But links to that as well if you want to go the online route. But um, so as I talk about all this stuff, I just want you to know that. Um, I know enough about this stuff to be dangerous, so to speak. But it is super important it needs to be talked about. Today we're talking about powers of attorney. You know, what are these things that we're going to be, you know, what what is it? What are the different types of powers of attorney? And so my hopes for today is you, that's what you're going to learn. What is a power of attorney? Um, all the different types and especially who, who actually needs a power of attorney. And I got a lot of stuff I want to get to today. A power of attorney really, it, it's an incredibly important piece of your overall estate planning. What it allows you to do is to appoint another person, which is known as an agent, to act in your place. And your agent can step in to make financial decisions for you, medical decisions, um, end of life, major, you know, major life decisions. If you become incapacitated and can no longer make those decisions, that's why this is so important. Um, but there's several different types of powers of attorney. It can be a little bit confusing, uh, oftentimes to navigate the process of choosing which one is right for you. Again, this is where a, a professional attorney can come in handy to really explain this. But I'm going to walk through um, a whole bunch of things today because knowing which power of attorney is right for you, it, it's critical, guys. It, it's, it's really, you need to take the time to learn about your options before you decide. And today, I'm hoping to get across, I've got like eight things I hope to get through. But number one, what does a power of attorney do? Number two, types of powers of attorney. Three, the difference between health, health and financial powers of attorney. Who needs a power of attorney? How to get one? And the difference between a general power of attorney and a durable power of attorney. So what does a power of attorney actually do? The person you appoint as your power of attorney is known as a fiduciary. Um, someone who is responsible for managing the affairs of another. And fiduciary, that term kind of gets thrown around a lot. I'm a fiduciary. The licenses that I hold as a registered investment advisor, I take on the responsibility of being a fiduciary for our clients. That means that by law, with my license, I must put your needs before my own. And that's what a power of attorney does as well. Depending on the type of POA, I'm just going to say POA, I think from now on, POA, power of attorney. Um, depending on the type that's in effect, the powers that your fiduciary or your agent can exercise could, could, you know, could have a wide range of authority. At the most basic level, your POA will act on your behalf if you become incapacitated again or unable to do so for yourself. That's why it's super important. There could be an accident that happens. Um, I used to use the example a long time ago. 
Well, I've used it, I say a long time ago. I used to use it a lot, the Terry Schiavo case. Now I kind of bring that up to people and they kind of scratch their heads. They're like, Terry Schiavo, who's Terry Schiavo? But if you recall back in the 90s, the Terry Schiavo case made national news when she became incapacitated, put into a hospital. And it came down to her husband saying that she wanted to do this, her parents saying she wanted to do that, and the doctor saying she needs to have this. All of that, it was months. Um, I don't remember how many months. It might have been a few years, actually, now that I think about it. But all the court stuff, I mean, all the headache and nightmare of just trying to figure out what was it that Terry wanted. What were her wishes? And all of it could have been avoided with the power of attorney. Again, the most basic level, your POA is going to act on your behalf if you become unable to do so. That's the power. That's that's what it's for. Health-related decisions, financial decisions, and even more. And there are some different types of power of attorney. Since there's several types, it's, it's important that you kind of understand or have a high-level overview of each one so you can potentially choose the best one for you. A general power of attorney is a broad way to give an agent, the person you appoint as your power of attorney, very general powers to act on your behalf. And typically some of the things that that a general POA can do is buy life insurance, uh, conduct business transactions on your behalf, employ professional help, handle financial or real estate transactions, uh, make gifts, operate business interests, and even settle some claims. So those are some of the high-level things that a general power of attorney can do. When would you choose a general power of attorney? These can be effective if you become suddenly mentally or physically incapacitated. Uh, For example, you are out of the country for an extended period of time. They could be handy. Um, They're often a part of a larger estate plan to ensure that somebody is appointed to handle those matters if you can't. So a lot of times these are written into your trust. They're appointed through a trust to give somebody that power. The financial power of attorney designates and gives the authority to make financial decisions um, and act on your behalf should you not be able to do so. If you need somebody to pay your bills, you know, if something happens, you go in the hospital and the bills start stacking up, you want to give somebody the authority to, to write checks on your behalf or to go into your bank accounts, go into a bank and say, hey, I need to be added on here. I need to you know, maybe set up auto pay for some of this stuff. That's what a power of attorney can do. Um, it's another title for general POA. Could, could typically grant all of those actions that we listed above, um, but financial power is listed in there as well. There's a what's called a special power of attorney, and this allows you to specify what powers you're actually authorizing an agent to exercise. For example, they might be asked to handle... Um, the collecting of debts, handling business transactions, managing real estate, um, responsible for selling personal or real property. You give that power to somebody. And so a question that oftentimes that comes up is, when do you choose a special power of attorney? And they're commonly, again, used when you can't take care of your own affairs because of a health-related issue. Um. So this healthcare power of attorney is what you is the document that you would create inside of a trust, inside of your estate plan. 
and it's going to allow somebody else to make those medical or other health-related decisions. Um, healthcare power of attorneys can help choose uh, what doctors or other healthcare providers to use. Um, the healthcare POA can also decide on living arrangements. Um, for example, if you need long-term care, uh, if you need help choosing an assisted care facility or a memory care or even a rehab facility, your the person that you designate within that healthcare power of attorney is the person that can make those decisions for you, somebody you trust. Um, if you need to, ha to, to have people come into your home, a caregiver, maybe for needs like helping uh, with eating or bathing, you give that power to, to hire a caregiver on your behalf. Really, a healthcare power of attorney, you're giving that power to make all decisions regarding medical care. I mean, including even surgeries or tests that need to be completed or medication given. Um, you know, somebody needs to go pick up your medication. They have to have that power of attorney in order to do so. So this is really smart for, for really any adult over the age of 18. So I'm going to kind of segue, I'm going to, that's the wrong word to use. I'm going to kind of backpedal a little bit. And because this, this reminds me of a really cool company um, that we are using right now for my daughter. Um, if you listened to my show a couple of weeks ago, you know my daughter just recently graduated um, from Foothill High School here up in Northern California on her way to UCLA. Super proud of her. She turned 18. And what was kind of interesting is that, well, it's not interesting. It's just kind of weird, to be honest with you. She's an adult. She, she gets to make all her own decisions. At the same time, when it comes to healthcare now, her mom and I are kind of in the dark. We can't help. We can't ask the doctor. We can't look at medical records. We can't do those things that we could do five months ago. <laughs> it's weird. And there's, um, so there are healthcare powers of attorney for youngsters even. This is not just for retirees. It's not just for, you know, seniors. This is for anybody over the age of 18. There's a cool company called Mama Bear. And this is something that my wife and I are doing for my daughter. We'll be doing it for my son as well when he turns 18. And these are healthcare powers of attorney um, for, pe for people who just turned 18. Now, obviously, uh, my daughter has to give us permission. She has to sign off on it. But this allows us uh, the ability, God forbid, something happens to her and um, I just don't even ever want to think about that. But God forbid something happens to her, it gives her mother and I the power to make some decisions on her behalf. And again, it helps to avoid a lot of the heartache and a lot of the time-consuming efforts that it would take to make that happen uh, if we didn't have that kind of a document. So Mama Bear, I want you to Google that. If you got young kids or you got grandkids um, that maybe are getting close to or have already turned 18, Tell their parents, check out Mama Bear online, and they can draft these for, I'm mean, it's guys, it's, I'm not even going to mention the price. It's so stupidly cheap. It should be, it's almost free. It's a no-brainer to do it. Okay, I that was my little uh, rabbit trail there on uh, somebody who turns the age of 18. So anyway, so keep in mind, back to healthcare powers of attorney, keep in mind that an HPA is not 
necessarily the same as a living will. Some states allow certain preferences um, to be included in a living will, like whether or not you want to be on life support, things like that. You can write those in. Um, in some states, you can combine those aspects with a healthcare POA in a separate legal document. Um, I always, I think these are the best way to go. It's called an advanced healthcare directive. But again, you need to look at your state to make sure they allow that. But to me, an advanced healthcare directive is super, super important because it lists out those things that you would want to have happened should you become incapacitated to the point that you're not even responsive. Like if, if you're in a vegetative state, God forbid something like that were to happen, do you want to be on life support? If so, for how long? What type of medical care would you want to have um, continue for what length of time? I, you know, if I've already spoken, you know, my family knows if something catastrophic like that happens to me and the doctor comes in and says, we have run every test known to man, we've done the brain scans, even if he wakes up, he will be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Where do we get the term vegetable? That just kind of occurred to me. When we, it's kind of not the nicest thing to say about somebody. If they're a vegetable. Um, if I have no brain function whatsoever, I don't want to live that way. So I would say pull the plug. You know, That's hard for family members to think about that. But it's important because those are my wishes. And as hard as it may be, you're, you want your family members to carry those out should they need to do that. And having an advanced Healthcare directive, an AHCD, is the best way to do that. Check with your state and make sure that it's going to be uh, it's going to be honored. Okay, durable power of attorney. Um, a durable power of attorney is just a different type of financial POA. Um, both give legal rights to your agent, so he or she can step in to deal with any non medically related issues or affairs. The big difference is the. The durable, quote-unquote, part establishes that the POA should remain intact if you are incapacitated in any way. It's durable. Um, it, it, it becomes enforceable if you're incapacitated. allows you to make medical decisions, execute financial decisions, um, sign legal documents. And the reason you would want to choose a durable, it might be smart if you want to prepare, obviously, for the possibility of becoming incompetent, again, as a result of an accident or an illness. Now, there's something else called a springing power of attorney, like spring, springing, or, you know, also called a conditional POA. And these are common um, by a lot of people who go through the estate planning process. And this basically goes into effect once you lose capacity. And it's a popular option because people seem to like the idea of having something in place just in case without giving up any control right now. So that's that little caveat. It's a springing. It springs into place should it should you need it. Um, it I guess it's important to note that, that some of these springing POAs can be difficult, can be kind of a difficult option. The biggest issue is proving it, you know? Since this type of power of attorney really only goes into effect after you're incapacitated, that's when it triggers, there could easily be a necessity, I guess is the best way to put it, to prove uh, the incapacitation and the, the need to use that. So sometimes it requires a court order, I guess. So those are there, but at the end of the day, guys, just do a, a durable power of attorney. And uh, I don't want to say that as a recommendation. Talk to an attorney, figure out the best one for you. Um, the big difference between health and financial should be obvious, but I'm going to walk through this. Um, 
healthcare power of attorneys allow you to appoint an agent to act on your behalf regarding health-related matters. Financial power of attorney does this for all financial-related issues in your life. And the decisions could be in relation to business or personal financial issues or a combo of the two. You, when you, when you create this document, it allows you to be as in the weeds as you want, I guess, as particular as you want. Um, so who needs a power of attorney? That's a great question. Um, if you're a legal adult, you should consider a power of attorney. Like I just said before, once you turn 18, you should definitely consider one of these. Now, again, the type you choose depends on several factors, including your age. Um, you could also say including your mindset, future goals, and so forth. If you are considering appointing somebody in your life, the legal act, I'm sorry, the legal right to act on your behalf, that is a big decision. Um, big decisions that you need to make. Um, I mentioned before, college students, maybe you're thinking about that, that healthcare power of attorney to ensure your family knows what your wishes should be if you fall ill or have a serious accident. You know, these are tough decisions that, again, we're having with my daughter right now. We need to talk about these things like, have you considered this? What happens? What kind of choices would you want to make? And uh, as hard as it is for mom and dad to think about needing to make a decision like that, um, it's got to be talked about. It's important. Next in line would be newly retired. A durable power of attorney obviously puts something in place now while you're healthy um, because you may not be able to do that in the future because healthcare changes, mental capacity starts to change, declines with age, and you want to make sure that these documents are, are in effect. New parents, you've obviously got a lot more responsibility on your plate. Um, knowing that you can have somebody step in should something happen to the two of you, that is an ideal choice um, to help. You know, if, if your life drastically changes and you can't make those decisions, who would you want in charge of raising your kids? Business owners, if you've got partners or you've got a successful business, who could take that over? Who would you give um, power to in case you need to sell your business? And then um, really just about anybody, guy, anybody in my opinion, you got to get a power of attorney. The best way to do that, again, is to reach out to an attorney if you need help with that. I'd be glad to give you a list of referrals. And you can visit, again, patrickmcnally.com if you want to look at some online resources. I'll also try to put, I'll put a link on there for that Mama Bear site as well. If you've got a newly uh, turned 18-year-old and they, they have some questions about that, um, we'd love to help you out as well. So, all right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, though, I'm headed into my mailbag segment and IRA frequently asked questions. So don't you go anywhere. I'll be back in just two minutes. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at chirofirst.net. 
Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you are just joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I am your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor. And I don't know if I mentioned it before, but if you got questions, you ever want to reach out to me or schedule a phone call to talk about your specific situation, maybe you're retiring here pretty quick, you want to make sure you got all your ducks in a row, or you just have kind of a specific question about something I mentioned on the show, I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com and you'll find my calendar there. A little, actually a little blue button down at the bottom of the page says schedule a call with Patrick. And it's a free call, 30 minutes I set aside for that. Would love to hear from you. And um, no pressure, nothing like that, no obligation. Just making sure that you get your questions answered so that you can be heading into retirement confident and have the peace of mind knowing that uh, you've done everything you can to be prepared. And I think that's one of the biggest things for a lot of people when I talk to them. They just want to make sure that they've done everything that they can. Now, obviously, income planning, that's the big thing that, that we do. That's my specialty is, is helping to build investment plans that generate income, specifically for income, in retirement. So the last thing you got to worry about is a paycheck. But, you know, people also want to make sure that they've got the other areas of financial planning done, and that's the things that we review. That's why this month, the entire month, we're talking about estate planning and the importance of that. And we just came off of a segment talking about powers of attorney and how, you know, really starting at age 18 on up, that's when people should really be starting to talk about this stuff. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think back on, you know, when I was in my early 20s, late 20s, I never heard about powers of attorney, had no idea what that stuff was. And, you know, you just, as life goes on, and especially in my business, obviously, I, I deal with that now, but... A lot of people just they don't they don't get these things done until later in life, and 
hopefully they've been blessed enough to to not have any kind of a major accident or, or any kind of a need, but it happens. And, you know, making sure you got somebody there that can make those decisions for you, somebody that you trust, it's all in the planning. And so anyway, I just kind of went off a little bit there, but but I'm going to be launching into my mailbag segment in my IRA Frequently Asked Questions. And uh, this is a, a time of the show where I like to answer questions from you, the, the audience. Um, if you have a question, which is where I get a lot of these from, you can visit patrickmcnally.com. Click on the radio tab, and on the bottom, you get past the shows and the podcasts and stuff. There's a little form down there where you can ask me a question. And I keep your name anonymous. You don't need to worry about that. But I will read your question and answer it on the air and, and discuss it a little bit for sure. I've been doing this long enough now that a lot of questions, everybody's kind of thinking the same stuff. Um, they just ask it a little bit differently. But a lot of times it revolves around income, revolves around recession, inflation, health care, you know, all these things, taxes. These are a lot of the concerns that I hear in retirement. So I want to make sure that you get your questions answered the best way possible. And so I'm going to head into my mailbag segment here, but I want to also mention that if you wanted a copy of my survivor's guide, I've made this available for free on the website. It's about a 25-page document that is a, a really nice organizational tool. Now, I don't want you to mistake it for estate planning or a will or a trust. It's not designed to take the place of that. It's designed to just kind of go alongside of it and, and be an organizational tool to where you can list where all your important documents are located. Yeah, it's awesome if you have a will and a trust completed, but if your family can't find it at the end of the day, they're not going to know what your wishes are. So my my guidebook, my survivor's guide is just a great way to list where all of your important documents are located. And, you know, even down to like a, a PO box, do you, or you know, do you have a a, a you know, a box at the bank or whatever, um, you know, where are those things located? Where's the key? You know, things like that. It's just so helpful when your family has to make those kinds of decisions and you're you're gone. So they don't know where those things are located. So if you want a copy of that, go to patrickmcnally.com, download a free copy. Okay, my first question here is this. What are the chances that I will need long-term care? What does long-term care mean to you? That's a two-part question, LOL. I am posting this question along with others for not only my benefit, but also to just have a discussion. I will comment about these questions late Sunday. If you couldn't guess, I am not in the financial planning or advising industry. I'm just a pre-retiree trying to separate fact from fiction. What a great question. And, and honestly, long-term care is one of those discussions that most people don't want to have. But his first question there is, what are the chances that I will need long-term care? A very, very fair question. The government gives us some statistics, and I'm going to go through a few of those statistics here. But I want to read one of the comments first, and then I'm going to talk about kind of the statistics. And one of the comments to this is, the old 70% statistic that you always hear quoted is inaccurate. That includes everything from young kids who need help due to disabilities to taking dad to the grocery store or helping with finances and the definition of care. It doesn't really look at true, quote, long-term care, end quote. 
DHHS came out with a study back in 2016 that actually does use the same measure of long-term services and support that would trigger a long-term care insurance policy to pay benefits. The study says that 52% of people over the age of 65 are going to need that level of care at some point in time. Additionally, it says that one in six will spend at least $100,000 on that care. So I'm going to comment on this. I'm going to comment on this comment. Um, Starts off saying the old 70% statistic that you always hear. I've never heard that statistic. So maybe that's something that maybe I just, maybe I'm kind of out of the loop or something. Is that a number that's been, you know, making its way around or something? When I've talked about long-term care, and, and, and keep in mind, guys, again, I've been doing this for 23 years. I've always talked about long-term care based on government statistics, and DHHS, I guess, is part of that, That because later in there it says 52% over the age of 65. That's the number I always use, not 52. I say 50%. I'm like, 50% of people who reach the age of 65 will spend, on average, three years in a facility. And that's just numbers that we can get from the government. And so does that take into effect, you know, like an, uh, a skiing accident all the way to long-term care? Yes, it does. It takes into effect um, short-term care stays, like a three-month stint in a recovery care facility, and then you get better and go home. So it does include those things, but it also includes, you know, somebody who has Alzheimer's or dementia for 10 years, and needs that kind of care for 10 years. Um, my grandfather had Alzheimer's, and it was about eight years that he needed some type of care. My grandmother tried to do it at first, and then you know she was 80 years old when it happened, so it was tough on her. They had to hire some care to come in, and it wasn't cheap. So that's what this is all about, is how do you actually pay for long-term care services? What's the best way to do that? Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I always say the statistic is 50%. If you reach age 65, you got a one in two chance of needing some type of care. Most people that I talk to, they can they can point to somebody that they know in their family that has needed that type of care. And long-term care, let's just be clear here, the long-term care we're talking about is help with bathing, dressing, eating, moving from a chair, you know, walking, um, going to the restroom, those kinds of things. Those are called activities of daily living. And we're not talking about, you know, going into the hospital and then needing some type of recovery, you know, and you're expected to get better. Now, we're talking about something that there's probably an expectation that it's not going to get better that you're going to need that care for an extended period of time. Now, in my area of Northern California, um, I've done some pricing up here, and I'm finding that the average cost of a 24-7 long-term care facility is going to run somewhere between $7,000 to $9,000 a month. So this this person said, additionally, it says that one in six will spend at least a hundred grand on that care. Well, the numbers that I've run in California, you're spending a hundred grand a year on care. And if you need it for three years, well, there's $300,000. So who needs long-term care? Somebody who, in my opinion, has assets 
of somewhere between $300,000 and a couple of million dollars. To me, mathematically, if you're going just off the averages, mathematically, that is the kind of scenario where you would want to consider some type of long-term care program because if you don't, there's really only three ways to pay for long-term care. Uh, first and foremost, you can pay it yourself. That's called self-insuring. Essentially means that if you one of you know if you're married and one of you goes into that type of care and you need help, you're just going to be cutting the checks yourself. Well, where are you going to get the money to pay for that? It's going to come right out of your savings. Um, you'll spend down retirement accounts. You might have to sell one of the cars. You know, I'm doing you know worst case scenario here. You got to find the money to pay for that. And once you spend down enough. That's when people do what's called qualifying for, in California, we call it Medi-Cal. It's Medicaid, the rest of the country, which is our state's welfare system. And But the problem with that is that you have to use certain Medicaid-approved facilities. And so sometimes what happens is people start off in a, in a, a higher-end nursing facility, can't pay for it anymore, and they have to end up transferring to a Medi-Cal facility, and that could be 100 miles away. It just depends. It, it all depends on where there's a bed available. And so I am painting kind of a bleak picture here, but that's what tends to happen when you pay for it yourself. Now, you could, you could transfer that risk to an insurance company. You could buy what's called traditional long-term care insurance. Uh, the problem, I guess the – I say problem – the gripe – the complaint about traditional long-term care insurance is that it's really expensive, and it is. Trust me, it is. Um, but you got to remember what kind of risk you're transferring to an insurance company. They're taking on a risk that says, if you're 65 years old, you got a 50% chance of us paying out a hundred grand a year for your care. So yeah, it's going to be kind of pricey. Mathematically, I've, I've done the math on long-term care insurance, and for most people, you would never. Theoretically, you would never pay into a policy what you could potentially get in benefits. However, let's say you leave this earth the way we all want to, peacefully, quietly, in our sleep, in our own bed. I mean, that's the way I want to go. If, if that's the way it happens, and you paid for a long-term care policy for 15 or 20 years, they don't send you, they don't send your family the money back. So that's been kind of a gripe. If you drop sixty, seventy thousand dollars on a long-term care policy, pass away peacefully in your sleep, that money doesn't come back to your family. So over the past few years, insurance companies have gotten a little brighter, and they've kind of come to the the conclusion that they could kind of blend policies. They could say, "Hey, what if we married traditional long-term care with life insurance, and somebody bought a life insurance policy for say three hundred thousand dollars of death benefit?" And let's just say that they needed long-term care. What if we forwarded them, or it's called accelerating the death benefit, a living benefit, to help pay for long-term care? Hmm. So you pay for this life insurance, and let's say, again, it's a $300,000 policy, and let's say at the end of the day you paid $150,000 in, in, you needed $150,000 worth of care, and then you pass away. Well, now the insurance company writes a check to your family for $150,000, and guess what? It's tax-free, okay? So that's a way, potentially, an alternative 
to traditional long-term care and a way that kind of gets around the whole argument of, I'm going to pay into this thing for 25 years, never get any money back for it. So there are alternatives out there for you. Um, it's just, it's, it's meeting with somebody, talking to an insurance person or your advisors and finding out what is important to you first and foremost, because if you're not worried about long-term care, you're not worried about it. You definitely want to look into your family history. You know, it doesn't always work that way. I mean, my grandmother, my mom's mom lived to 99 years old. We all thought my mother was going to live to 99 years old. And my mom passed at 69 unexpectedly. So we, it's not going to, you know, you can't predict the future, but you can get a pretty good idea. If there's longevity in your family, it's a pretty good idea that you might need this kind of care. So just something to consider. Um, another comment here said, I know someone who was in a nursing home. I'm sorry. I know someone who was given a nursing home quote of 10 grand per month. I can't imagine what that will be in 20 years. It could cost someone millions. Yet some folks may never need long-term care and nursing home care. Also, a person has to qualify for policies to pay by needing help with daily living tasks. So yeah, just another comment there. Who knows? I mean, healthcare costs could substantially rise in the future. And, you know, for the last 15 years, every every day, 10,000 people, let me, let me back up a little bit and say this right. 10,000 people per day turn 65. And that's not stopping anytime soon. I think there's another like five or eight years left. I've been talking about it for 15 years. 10,000 people per day turn 65. And that's why you're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of these costs go up is because more and more people need that type of care. So kind of an interesting thing. If you got questions about long-term care, would love to talk to you about it. Um, again, just visit patrickmcnally.com and schedule a phone call with me. I'd love to answer any questions that you have. I am now going to transition over to IRA Frequently Asked Questions. And this one is called Conversion as a Gift to Your Beneficiaries. Talking about Roth conversions. And, you know, the question is, you know, if you've got an IRA and you're thinking about converting to a Roth, there's a whole bunch of benefits to converting. Um, Namely, you can trade an immediate tax bill for the promise of tax-free earnings and distributions somewhere down the road. Um, But there's one benefit that a lot of people haven't considered, and that's the benefit to your beneficiaries. If it's important to you to leave money behind, you need to realize what type of an account that you could potentially be leaving behind to your beneficiaries. And if if you leave it in an IRA... Another, another way to look at it is you could potentially be leaving a giant tax burden <laughs> to your kids because these days for most, for most beneficiaries, they have to withdraw the money over a 10-year period and completely drain the account. So you got to remember that when they do that, every dollar they take out goes right onto their tax return, which could potentially put them in a, another tax bracket. So one of the major benefits to converting to a Roth IRA is that your beneficiary, yes, they will still have to take distributions, but they're tax-free. They will still have to drain it over a 10-year period, but it's tax-free. And so that's the reason that Roths work very differently. Tax-year contributions and converted funds are always tax-free 
when they're paid to beneficiaries. This makes sense because the funds are already after tax. You paid it. The deceased Roth IRA owner has already paid the taxes, so all the earnings are tax-free. Obviously, if you've you know held it for five years, that period um, that begins with the when when you first opened that Roth and contributed to it. Um, I guess I should say this: if not, earnings could be taxable until that five-year period has been satisfied. But let's just assume the five-year period has been met. And you're all good to go. The good news is that your earnings will not be considered distributed from the Roth until all, all that's paid out. So the 10% early distribution penalty never applies to a distribution to either a traditional or a Roth beneficiary, regardless of their age or the age of the IRA owner. So it's just another reason to potentially consider uh, doing a Roth conversion. And that's why the title of this is Conversion as a Gift to Your Beneficiaries instead of a Potential Tax Burden. Now, obviously, you guys, you need to meet with your advisors, meet with your tax people, run the numbers, run a dummy tax return, and strate- maybe strategically convert. Don't do it all at once. That's usually not a good idea um, because all everything you convert goes right onto your tax return. So that's why I'm saying do it strategically. And, and maybe remain in your current bracket, or if you go into the next bracket, and but it's not that big of a deal, maybe consider it. But run the numbers to make sure that it makes sense for you guys, okay? If you got questions, would love to hear from you. Go to patrickmcnally.com. Schedule a phone call with me. When I come back, I will be heading into my wrap-up segment where I'm going to give you Um, some strategies, some tips, three things that you can be implementing right away. So don't go anywhere. I'll be back in two minutes. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, we made it to the final segment of the show, and this is the action item segment. This is where I'm going to kind of wrap up, summarize some of the things that we talked about throughout the show. If you missed any of it, um, I highly recommend you visit the website, patrickmcnally.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner of the site. It says Radio Show, and you can find um, our past shows. Uh, this one will be available on podcast here probably in the next 30 minutes or so. Um, If you like to listen to podcasts on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, just search Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You can subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing and um, and catch some of the last ones there. Beginning of the show, we talked about powers of attorney. Um, If you didn't have a chance to tune in or you don't know, the entire month of June, I'm talking about estate planning. And this is a really, really important piece of your overall financial planning. And so I'm breaking down the different areas. Now, I will say this. I am not an attorney. 
Um, so please take whatever you hear me say on the radio, you know, with a grain of salt, go take it to an attorney and say, Hey, I heard this, uh, you know, is this, tr-? you know, you want to definitely check with a professional. I'm the investment guy, but I know enough about this stuff to be dangerous. And I always want to bring this up. We bring all this kind of planning up to clients and we even give referrals. We get no kickbacks or do not get paid for any of that. We just, we hear from happy clients and we, you know, send other people to, uh, to the same people that, that did their estate planning. So if you want help with that, if you need a referral to an estate planning attorney, especially here in, in Northern California, um, let me know. You can reach out through the website, patrickmcnally.com. Um, call me, text me, whatever's easiest for you. Um, also, if you are looking more for a cost alternative, I put a link on the website um, to, uh, to an online company that can help you called Will and Trust. They'll help you create your Will and Trust. Um, it is completed by attorneys. You just don't have, you don't go visit with an attorney. So it's a little more of a cost-effective way to do it. Um, so there are options. So honestly, guys, there's really no excuse not to get this type of planning done. And I'm also going to put on there, I better write some notes to make sure all the stuff I'm putting on there for you guys, um, a link to uh, what what's called Mama Bear. And this is a company that's designed for when your kids turn 18 or your grandkids. If you know, you know, kids who are graduating high school, um, mine just graduated recently. We're doing this for her. Uh, she turned 18. But we, you know, we, we want to do a power of attorney for her. If something, God forbid, were to happen, um, we want, as parents, we want to be able to make the decisions, you know, and carry out her wishes and not just have a doctor or a hospital force us or a judge or something like that. You know, just all kinds of horror stories um, that, that I don't have time to talk about. But we want to make sure that her wishes are carried out starting at a young age. So if you know college-age kids or just even young kids, um, Mama Bear is a great resource for uh, for you as parents or grandparents to help um, get those powers of attorney. The other thing we talked about in the show was talking about long-term care. Went a little longer on that segment than I anticipated, but long-term care is just one of those things that, you know, it's got to be planned for. There's a 50-50 chance, you know, according to the government, once you reach the age of 65 of needing some type of care. So you got to have a plan in place, guys. And if you got questions about that or how to go about some of the options available, you know, um, how much it's going to cost, things like that. I'd love to talk to you about that and answer any questions that you have. So again, does not hurt you to reach out. The call is free um, and I can help any way that I can. The other thing to consider is Roth conversions, especially if you are planning on leaving behind your IRAs to your beneficiaries. If you don't need the money, from those retirement accounts, I know plenty of people, that's the case. They're like, you know, we got other incomes coming in. We are set. Everything's paid off. We don't even need to touch this money. Well, guess what? At age 73, they're going to make you touch the money, whether you need it or not. So it could cause you just a whole bunch of unnecessary taxes. And so there's a way to do it today is strategically roll that into a Roth. Strategically, I should say, convert it into a Roth, not roll it. Um, but do it in such a way that you talk to your advisors and don't pay more taxes than you need to. But one of these days when you pass it on or you take money out, it's tax-free. Pretty sweet, guys. That is the show for today. Next week, I'm talking about using life insurance in estate planning. So make sure you tune in. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening. And I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen her? So-